Did you know Super Awesome Mix has an app? Go to the Apple App Store today and download Super Awesome Mix. It's free. You could start creating and sending your own digital mixtapes in just a few clicks. Also, there's links to our Instagram account and a link where you can follow your favorite podcast. Speaking of which... Welcome back to the Super Awesome Mix podcast. I am Matt Sidholm, co-founder of Super Awesome Mix. Joining me as always, my co-founder and co-host, Samer Abusalbi. Samer, how are we doing? I'm doing real well. Thanks for having me back after our first episode. I'm glad I just barely made the cut, is my understanding, to, to make it back on. Yeah, there was a lot of controversy, but we did a fan poll. You know, a lot of downloads out there that first episode, <laughs> and uh, you just barely eked out a return visit. So congrats. Wonderful. Congrats. Thank you. Good to have you, know, you back. Thank you. I, I had read, you know, and heard some feedback that I was like a little far away to hear. So I decided I would record this on a subway, um, this <laughs> go around. I figure that's the direction that people were really wanting. They were like, we need you to be louder. Yeah. So I thought, what's louder than riding a subway? That's a great point. Uh, that's a great yeah. point. Yeah. So I may cut in and out here and there, but just let, uh, I'll be back. Just just let the pauses, we'll leave them in, It'll be more authentic that way. Yeah. We want people to have the full, authentic New York experience that you have on a daily basis. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. Truth be told, I haven't ridden a subway in over a year. I don't think I remember how to. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, doing well. Glad to be back. Um, some big news with our with our listeners. I um, heard that you had a birthday recently. Oh, my happy, goodness. I did. I did have a birthday. Happy birth- birthday. Thank you very yes. much. Yes. Uh, for That's those awesome. wondering, I, I got a lot of questions. They're like, this guy sounds like he's 25 years old when I get on the <laughs> mic. Um, but right. no, I, I just turned 44 <laughs> years old. So for wow. for anyone out there who think this is a young man's game, whether it be podcasting or app development, okay, you can be well into your forties and still still get into this. Yeah, absolutely. I want to make it clear I am not in my forties, <laughs> so I'm still. <laughs> don't loop me in with with my co-host, please. <laughs> I still have dreams. Uh, <laughs> still dreams, aspirations. Yeah, there's still a lot of hope in you. Um, exactly. But you know, yeah. just wait another decade. Okay, that'll <laughs> that'll slowly extinguish. Yes. Um, so I wanted to ask you um, if you could design your dream birthday party, and you could have anyone play this party, like a, a in-house concert, private concert for you and your friends. Um, and they can come, they can be alive, they can be dead, they can be together, they can be broken apart. Like if you could convince them somehow or bring them back to play your party, who would you pick and why? Okay, this is this is a really good question. Uh, and and really, it was interesting. I think I I almost experienced this a few years back, but I would pick my all time favorite is Bruce Springsteen with or with or without the E Street Band. Okay, I, I like a lot of his nice. solo stuff too. Um, but I mean, how could you not like the E Street Band? And um, a few years ago, I got to go on my 41st birthday up to New York and see Springsteen on Broadway, which That's awesome. uh, it was in the Walter Kerr Theater. And I, I looked this up because I was like, I wonder how many people were in that theater. It felt so small. If you've been to a Broadway show before, some of these theaters, the the seats are very tightly packed in. 
So right, I could I could barely fit into my seat, but less than a thousand people there, and um, yeah, it was amazing. And the the whole three hour show is on Netflix. So if you want to watch it. Uh, you could certainly check it out, but it was it was really cool. It was a really intimate performance of him. It's just him up there on stage performing. You know, he's on the guitar and he's on the piano and the harmonica and That's just awesome. going back and forth, telling stories about his life and then going through different songs from his catalog. I went to actually a very unique show because I, when I watched the Netflix special when it came out like a year later, um his wife joined him on stage for like three songs and I did not see that live. And he actually explained that during the show, which was really funny because he said his wife had to go deal with something with one of their kids. And so she was not going to be at the show that night. And so he just kind of moved on to the next part of the show. Like you just skip that part. So when I saw the Netflix special, I got to fill in that gap, but I also thought it was hilarious that even a guy well into his 60s who's made, I don't know, a billion dollars playing music and has this <laughs> right. live Broadway show running, you know, his wife still got to go deal with kid stuff. You know, I can only imagine because <laughs> right. I've got two small kids and that kind of dominates our life right now. And so it was both uh, encouraging and disheartening to think, wow, even with a billion dollars and adult children, <laughs> you still have to deal with kid stuff. <laughs> stars they're just like they're us, just Matt. like us i had a stars they're just like us moment right then and there it was remarkable <laughs> another funny story from that week is i had bought two tickets to that show so originally when springsteen announced the broadway run it was going to be like a three-month run and then mm-hmm. every show sold out And so they extended the run and I bought tickets for this extended run, but it was supposed to end when I bought my tickets, it was supposed to end, you know, beginning of the summer or something like that. in that particular year, I think it was 2018 and I I buy my tickets, but the thought in the back of my mind, I was looking at the resale market and tickets were going for like 10 or $20,000 a piece. Wow. And as much as I love Bruce, I was like, man, if I could get two tickets and turn that into 50 grand, wouldn't that be something, right? Um, Well, then as I'm buying these tickets and a month passes, I put them up on eBay or whatever, or, you know, Ticketmaster, whatever resale site there was, he extends the run through like the end of the year. So the, the, resale value on my tickets immediately drops like i'm not right, i'm not right. getting my 50 grand or whatever and as we're getting closer to the day of the show you know my wife's like are, are we gonna go or what are you doing with these tickets right and yeah. so i said yeah let's let's fly up to new york and uh i'm still gonna try to sell one ticket and she was like okay <laughs> <laughs> and and people always think this is a little odd but let me explain so i end up selling one ticket for uh-huh. $4,000, which paid for both tickets, and then bought my wife a ticket to go see Book of Mormon. Nice. So okay. we both went to a Broadway show on the same night. We just went to different <laughs> Broadway shows. And people are like, what? Why would you? What, wouldn't you want to go together? <laughs> and this is my argument for going to see movies by yourself, too. Who are you talking right. to during this show, right? Yes, right, right. it is a shared experience, but I'm the super Bruce Springsteen fan in, in this couple. 
and uh, she had a great time at Book of Mormon. And I had a great time at my show, and selling the ticket pretty much paid for all of it. So <laughs> there was really no – I felt like there was no downside because right. even though we didn't have this shared experience of both seeing the show, um, either show, um, you know, we both got to see probably mo- what we most wanted to see. And, um, yeah, all the better for it. But, yeah, anyone out there who's like, I don't go to movies by myself. Or something like that. It's like, well, who are you talking to? What are you doing right. during a movie that you need another person there? It's true. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love that. I feel, A, I learned a lot about how you make your marriage work. That's great. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> well, a- Adam Carolla likes to joke that a good marriage is built on square footage and two TiVos. Okay. <laughs> Just separate yourselves and, uh, you know, it, it goes a long way. Absolutely right. Uh, and B, yes, plus one to movie going by yourself. I started doing that a couple of years ago and it's it's awesome. Like I don't have to share my popcorn or my drink. Like there's none of that conversation happening. Um and you're yeah, you're sitting alone in the in the dark for like two hours. What are you doing? And less ju- less judgment too, right? If I'm like right. Hey, Godzilla versus Kong, that'd be awesome in a movie theater, right? right? But if I have to ask another adult male, like, hey, man, you want to go check out Godzilla? It's like, well, do I want to have that conversation? Or do right, I right. just want to, uh, I'm just going to go see Godzilla versus Kong on a Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Let me go do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, great. Um, let us jump into today's topic. And I'm going to let you actually kick us off there. Yeah. So last week, uh, if you listen to the podcast, we had Samer come on and go through his Desert Island mix, but we realized after the show that you know we had a good number of downloads, people really enjoyed it, but we didn't really give people a full introduction into ourselves or who we are, what Super Awesome Mix is all about, and what this podcast is going to be about. So we thought we'd come on here in episode two and go through that very thing. So let's start with Super Awesome Mix and, and what this is all about. This all originated with, actually, I'll I'll reference my wife. Once again, her name is Paige. And back when we were dating, which is, we've been married almost 10 years. So we've been dating, you know, we've been together longer than that. We didn't just meet and get married. Um, Like that reality show. What is that? Love at first sight or whatever that (laughs) is. Yeah, they get married right upon seeing each other. That was not the case. But when we were dating, I would make her mix CDs because it was uh, probably 2008 when we met. So I'd make her mix CDs and I would write notes about each of the songs and and all that. And so I did this multiple times while we were dating and and even after we got married. And at a certain point as, you know, iTunes was getting bigger and some of the other streaming services, you know, you're not listening to CDs nearly as much. And she kind of said, well, what am I going to do with all these? How do I keep these? You know, and she's kept them. She keeps all the notes and everything like that. And we were able to recreate the playlist. But the idea for our app and this company really started with, you know, her asking me, how can I hang on to these? Because she, she wanted to, but when I looked around, while we could recreate the playlist, there wasn't a digital space for her to recreate all the notes that I wrote in those, uh, CDs uh, about the songs that were on there. And right. so, you know, you and I met in business school. And I kind of pitched this idea to you at one point, 
but I mean, we were in business school like eight years ago, so it was not something where, you know, we, you were like, yeah, let's roll. And we went on shark tank and here we are now, right? Like this is like (laughs) eight, eight years ago. I was like, Hey, I got, I got another good idea. And you and I were working on another project at that point. Um, and then the idea just kind of sat for a while. So, you know, I'll let you pick it up from there. Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in. And go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, to our listeners, he, Matt came to me with a lot of ideas. So I just had to learn <laughs> to kind of be like, <laughs> I just had to be like, yeah, okay, Matt, sounds great. Put it, <laughs> put it on the, put it on the pile. It's uh, <laughs> a great point. I, I'm an ideas guy. There's no doubt right, about yes. that. Yeah, Abs- yeah, that's the value you bring. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was funny. Like I and I, I felt it was a good idea, but we were, you know, like you said, we were working on other things. I wanted to stay focused, and then um, this little thing called 2020 happened, and I, you know, we were all obviously at, at home and all kind of looking i mean at least my experience and i'm sure many people share this like looking for ways to to connect with people in in a digital way but still felt personal um like it was no like social media has always kind of been like a like a single voice talking to an audience and we were thinking well how can we do something digital that is more of a one-on-one relationship and at the same time um i started reading this book called love is a mixtape and then all of a sudden, all the dots connected. Um, you know, I remembered Matt pitching this idea to me. I remember, you know, I read this book and he was literally saying, you know, like his entire, it's it's a memoir by Rob Sheffield. He's a writer, Rolling Stones. Um, and he mentions this relationship that he had and how like that relationship can be like pulled apart and told through the mixtapes that they created for one another. And that's really like you, you see it written all over our site we we mention it everywhere on our social but like every mixtape is a story um and so that's what we really wanted to capture with the company was like how how can we kind of bring back some of that magic of like creating something for someone uh, in a digital way in a safe way um and having kind of that story be told uh, amongst you know two people um so it was really cool it was, it was fun we got we got rolling on it um and then the podcast kind of evolved from that to where our thinking is in the format of the show going forward will be uh, very similar to our first one. We'll have guests come on board and they are going to be making us a mixtape and they can pick the mood. Um, you know, Desert Island is going to be probably a popular one and that's great. But like, you know, people could be like, you know, my ultimate road trip mix, you know, whatever it might be. And then they can walk us through their mix. So we're really excited. We've already got some guests lined up in the coming weeks. Um, we hope you stay tuned. But in the meantime, I would love for us to kind of talk about our own memories with mixtapes. So, Matt, you've already shared yours. I love that. Is that was that like your first kind of experience with a mix or was there an earlier like when you were younger? No, when I was younger, you know, we didn't have I mean, it was cassette tapes really when it started for me. And 
you know, if back, back in the day before iTunes and all that, you know, when a, a band would come out with their full album, so you either got their full album or they would release one or two songs on a single cassette, right? And there'd be, you know, one song on one side and then you flip it over and there was, you know, the B-side. And, and so every now and then you'll hear reference to a band's B-sides. And that's what they're talking about is they'll throw on another song with their most popular song that they would release as a single. Now, if you didn't want to go out and buy the single cassette or a full album, or if you're like me and you just didn't have a lot of money to go out and buy all the cassettes that you really wanted to buy, then you were forced to sit there by the radio and throw a blank cassette tape into your stereo and just wait for your song to come on. Of course. And hope the DJ didn't step on the beginning of the song. Like, let it run clean so you could hit record (laughs) and get that onto a cassette tape. And so then once you had the song, then you could then record it onto another cassette tape. But but that's kind of how it worked when when I was younger. You're really hoping for a clean cut coming off the radio. Now, I, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and in Dallas, we had a few radio stations, and I, I don't think this is uncommon across the nation, but they would play, hey, it's the top nine at nine. So right. if a song was super popular, you knew, okay, it's going to come on the top nine at nine. So I just had to listen between like nine and 9.30 so that I, I could hear the song that I wanted and, and get it recorded onto a cassette tape. So that was... That was really the beginning for me, and then eventually that evolved in college to where someone had a CD collection, right? And I had a, I had a right. CD collection of my own, but you could borrow someone's CD and get a clean copy. But again, you're recording it onto a cassette at that point, um, course, yeah. you know, into the 90s. It wasn't until, I think, you know, probably mid-2000s, 2005 or so, that I feel like the CD burning became commonplace enough for that to be more of a a normal mode. Yeah, that's so funny. I I love that that is the story you shared because in my notes here, my my first memory too um, was I think I was like six or seven and I did the same thing. My parents had like one of these amazing, I'm so happy that they had it like two deck Sony boombox things, right? So you could play and record and whatever and had a radio connection. I would actually go so far. I remember once calling the radio station and requesting a song. So because yes. I was so obsessed with it and then just waiting. And I even went so far because I had been listening now for like close to an hour, maybe hour and a half. And I was like, oh, my God, I requested the song. When is it coming? <laughs> I called the guy back <laughs> and was like, hey, I requested a song and, and I haven't heard it yet. And he sounded so annoyed with me. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, I got you. Like, And then he just hung up. Um, and you know, he, he, he was a man of his word, I guess he, he did play the song. Um, and I remember which, which one it was. It was wild thing by the Trogs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, my six or seven year old self really loved that song. (laughs) And I was so excited to be able to record it. It was like my prized possession. So that is my first memory of like making, you know, a mixtape or getting that that perfect song. So it's really funny you had a similar experience. That's that's I love the request line. I forgot about that. Yeah, you could call and actually talk to the DJ. They would simply right. answer the phone and you know, they'd have their little contest to hit caller ninety eight would get this or whatever. And yeah, I mean yeah. that used to be much more common and I think there's still some of that today, but 
Um, now it's probably more, you know, texting or, or, you know, posting on social media to win contests. But yeah, just, just phoning in and making a request because you're right. That's the only way you could hear that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. The, the only other experience I had, um, or memory really is, is also my parents. My parents had troves of mixtapes, um, that we would just always listen to in the car. Like that was what we listened to in the car. It was never really radio. It was just one of their mixtapes. And what was so funny is it wasn't until actually a couple of weeks ago that um, I started listening to the band Sticks. So I was listening to like kind of their, their like essentials, you know, Sticks songs. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, so many of these songs immediately sent me back to like sitting in my car, my parents' car in the back seat. And then my parents apparently loved the sticks. Like they, they had Babe on there like all the time. <laughs> they had Boat on a River. I mean, it was like, I was like, ah, oh, this is incredible. My parents loved the sticks. I have to ask them about it now. Um, but I just remember those mixtapes, just the same 20 songs for like 10 years of my life. Just over and over. Yeah, that's really over funny. That's really yeah. funny. And especially it was sticks of all bands. Yeah. I know, right? Incredible. Yeah. And yeah, and I didn't know because like the only song I ever really knew of theirs, like that I could identify, oh, this is Sticks, was Mr. Roboto, which amazing. Of song, course, right? yes, yeah. yeah, that falls, you know, like Wild Thing. Mr. Roboto is one of those songs that I've played that for my kids, and they just think it's hilarious, so they want to hear it right. again. And I think there are so many older songs that I, I like to play for my kids that. Um, you know, even though they don't really understand context or anything like that behind the song or what was this, right. they just love the song. Kind of like you were saying, your six-year-old self loved the song Wild Thing. And it was just like, yeah, this is great. And they get really into it. And it's like, why does this old song just resonate? But that's, I guess that's what makes songs popular is that even yeah. generationally, they could continue to resonate and speak to people in some way. Absolutely. That may have to be a mix that we walk through one day. It's like songs that are still playing today right that still can get anyone of any age to be like turn that up let's listen to it um yeah that's a great point because there are some songs that will come on now well example just uh, a couple weeks ago i played some abba for my uh daughter and she really liked it and it was like mama mia and oh, waterloo yeah. and some of those just fun abba songs that they have I mean, ABBA came out in the 70s, right? Like, these right. songs are 45 years old, and my daughter is, like, <laughs> telling Alexa to play Mamma Mia again. And she she really, uh, it really spoke. And look, I, I love ABBA, too. I still listen to some ABBA songs, but... I mean, they rock. Yeah, they're amazing. No, they were so good, <laughs> but it was uh, really funny how... Yeah, I, it wasn't until I really thought about it. That I was like, that's a 45-year-old song. I mean, that song's probably older than I am. And yet here's right. my daughter being like, this this is great. You know, she wants to hear it again. I love it. Well, great. Um, this is awesome. I'm really excited for our guests coming up next week. We are planning to release every Friday, right? Yeah, that's going to be the plan is we're going to make this a weekly podcast. We're going to try to keep it to under 30 minutes. So we're not going to ask for too much of your time. And yeah, we're going to bring on some guests and have them walk through their mixes. So if you have any ideas for guests, certainly reach out to us. We could be reached at hello at superawesomemix.com if you want to hit us up on email or any of the social media. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we have managed to secure at superawesomemix on all three platforms. So no real crazy names on any one of them. So just yeah. at superawesomemix, but reach out to us with your ideas for guests and um, we've already got a few lined up i think it's going to be 
really fun. And I think the goal for you, the listener, will be to hopefully be entertained and hopefully to discover some new music or just learn something new about a song that you already knew. Um, and one more thing to note, you probably noticed last week, we didn't actually play any of the songs that right. we talked about. We just talked about the songs. Um, and that is a little tricky copyright thing that we uh, we all have to deal with because we're not a streaming service and we're not giving any royalties to any artists. And uh, of course, we are not a radio station with, with rights to use music either. We can't simply just play a bunch of music on these podcasts. Right. So that's why you'll hear us talk a lot about music, but maybe not actually hear the songs. But we do post the playlists on the show notes, so you could always go there and get the playlist right into your Super Awesome Mix app and listen to it just right after the show's released. So you you Sounds could great. certainly do that. I love it. Yep. We uh, we we researched that a lot, and yeah, every single site was like, don't do it. Yeah, we really did. <laughs> yeah, we were like, there's got to be a way around this. What if we only play five seconds? What if we only play it? And it was just more and more people just saying... Yeah, don't do it. So, you right. know, we're going to err on the side of caution there and make sure that this podcast can keep going. Absolutely. Um, so, but uh, right. that's it for this week. So we had a little intro to ourselves and the company this week. Next week, we'll be back with another super awesome mix. And in the meantime, keep making your mixes and keep, you know, sharing those. Share those with us if you want via social media. We'd love to see that as well. Um, but that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, share the podcast and subscribe. Continue to download the show. We love it. Um, and for Samra, this is Matt, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Storyblocks Audio. Super Awesome Mix is brought to you by DLM. Make shopping easy with DLM, the one-stop shop for all your casual clothing needs. Shop DLMSupplyCo.com and enter the promo code AWESOME at checkout to save 15% off your first purchase. That's DLMSupplyCo.com.